This week on Bellwether Hub, we are thrilled to have the former Lord Mayor of Belfast and current head of the Belfast Media Group, Marcino Muller, talking about all of the opportunities coming out of Belfast and Northern Ireland. Belfast has gone from being one of the most bombed cities in Europe of the 1990s right up to one of the great success and potential stories of this decade. It's a great interview. We loved having him. We recorded it in a bar. You're going to love it. Stay tuned. I'm Jim Frawley, and this is Bellwether. Welcome to Bellwether. Thank you for joining. Now, in in the month of March, we are doing a number of interviews. Uh, The whole entire month of March this year is focused on the brightest, the best, the most wonderful people from uh, a little island just to the west of Europe, known as Ireland. It is uh, a big, big Irish holiday month. And so I'm very excited about all of the guests that we're going to have uh, this month, talking about all of the exciting things that are going on both uh, in Northern Ireland, in the Republic of Ireland. And uh, there's really so much to go on, so much to talk about, so much to get excited about. And I'm very excited to kick this off with uh, one of my favorite people over there, uh, a person who is tireless and has worked for many, many years uh working for the benefit of of the town of Belfast. And uh, we are very apropos, I think, having this in a restaurant, in a bar, uh, to talk to the one, the only, uh, Martina Muller. Thank you for being here, Martin. Well, Jim, thanks for the opportunity to appear on your globally famous uh, podcast. Uh, it's it is. To, it is global. Uh, well, I know that because I listen to it and I'm 3,000 miles away. It's great to be here in the second greatest city on earth, which is the great city of New York. It's wonderful to be here in Fitzpatrick Hotel because John Fitzpatrick, the owner, the entrepreneur behind this venture, has gone west in search of work, helped others, and created a uh, a business which has made a big impact uh, on this city. And of course, he's he's given back to Ireland. So, an appropriate place to be, even though I'm off the drink until after the Boston Marathon on April 20th, but still nice, without being stereotyped, nice to be here at uh, Fitzpatrick's. Let me say this first. You mentioned uh, the small island of Ireland, but there's a wonderful, wonderful English artist called Conrad Atkinson. And he likes to say that Ireland is a small island, but it sits atop a continent of culture. Uh, And that's certainly the way I view Ireland, why I was to be so proud uh, to be from that Irish artistic, cultural, progressive tradition. Now, that is uh, beautifully said. Now, does this drive most of the work that you do? That kind of philosophy of Ireland sitting on top of uh, multiple cultures? Because I feel like everything you're doing with Belfast, which I assume Belfast is your favorite city ahead of New York. Well, uh, absolutely. But, you know, uh, another... Irish rebel James Connolly said, Ireland without its people is nothing to me. So, you know, the, the bricks and mortar of Belfast and the river are wonderful, but it's it's the people. And what gets me up in the morning is uh, trying to uh, work for a better quality of life for people, to work for social justice, to battle against injustice. Uh, I lived through uh, tough times in Belfast as a child. Uh, I think almost everybody in Belfast suffers from some sort of form of 
uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome. If if you've uh, if you're of my age, uh, when I was twelve, I remember very vividly the shootings of Bloody Sunday in Derry. Shortly after that, on Good Friday, 1972, my mother's best friend, Martha Crawford, mother of 12 children, was shot dead. Uh, after that, our neighbour, Emma Groves, a mother of 11, was shot in the eyes uh, by a British soldier, was blinded all her life. Um, and yet that was, that, was nor- that was normal. Of course, it was abnormal, but it's what we considered normal. So to come through those uh, years of, of bitterness and tears and heartbreak and to have an opportunity the wonderful gift of longevity, to have an opportunity to come out the other side, to try to uh, be involved in reconciliation, peace building, and of course, the provision of justice to everyone. What a what a wonderful privilege to have lived long enough to be involved in that. So that's what keeps me going. That's a big, there, there is so much to unpack from that entire, uh, that entire commentary. But so we are at a, I feel a pivotal point for Northern Ireland. We could talk about Brexit. We could talk about 20 years since the peace agreement. We could talk about uh, a whole generation of people that have grown up uh, without the violence. Do you feel like that is changing the the face of Belfast and Northern Ireland in general? Uh, how much do you think the peace, because you really can't talk about Belfast without talking about violence. Of course. Yeah. Has the peace just completely pivoted where you're going as a as a city? Well, well, absolutely. The, the the gift of peace was the greatest gift that my generation ever received. I mean, I was involved in political front lines in 1994, and I was absolutely amazed when the ceasefires came because it was my opinion that we were just locked in a really dark tunnel, that there was no way out, and that every day uh, either someone on our side, if I can use that term, or someone on their side uh, died. And that give you a reason to go back out the next day and to continue uh, to engage in this, uh, I suppose, this stalemated, uh, deadly game that we were in, which was um, trying to uh, right wrongs, but uh, being being blocked in, no way out. So kudos to, to those in uh, the Irish government, British government, John Hume, Jerry Adams, but also the Irish America, because... Without Irish America, there'd be no peace process. So without Irish America, I wouldn't be here talking about the important role of uh, different individuals and small business, for example, in building the peace, solidifying the peace, putting that concrete onto the peace. So um, we have a a, a lot to be thankful for. But I suppose when I look at the change, it's being driven by young people, Uh, young people who've came of age, you know, 20 years after the the ceasefires 20 years after the Good Friday Agreement, but here really writing and opening an entire new chapter for, for all our people. How much do you think the uh, this generation is teaching the older generation? Because the older generation, when you grow up in what Belfast was, that's not something you forget. How much are they learning from the younger generation on, you know, peace going forward is important, peace going forward is good for business, it's good for society, it's good for uh, everything moving forward. How much are you learning from that from that generation? Well, you have to remember as well that, that I turned 60 recently, so my generation was heavily influenced by the black civil rights movement in the States. Um, and, you know, such great admiration for Irish America, but I'm not an Irish American, I'm from a different, uh, a different situation, different country, different time uh, and there was a, a, a black uh, civil rights leader called Stokely Carmichael who had this wonderful saying we are the leaders we have been waiting for 
and what I feel about today's young people who are unencumbered by the baggage we had, who are future-focused, who are bright, who are ambitious, um, is that they understand they are the leaders they've been waiting for. No sense asking for my permission uh, to to change the world, uh, to do things differently. And if you go to the city of Belfast, you know, it's a cliche that the young people are our greatest asset, but, you know, they really are. They're, they're determined to uh, get away from, from the orange and green of the past. They're determined to make the city more diverse. They're determined to get what they're entitled to, to take what is rightly theirs, to have a... Uh, an entirely new era in Belfast, a city which is synonymous with with division and violence, uh, but which hopefully now, and I, and I think this is accepted, is a beacon around the world to those who believe that intractable conflicts uh, can be solved. You look to Belfast, where not only decades of trouble, but hundreds of years of conflict and trouble and warfare were ended, ended by a, a, a really exemplary peace process. Is this peace process uh, what keeps you optimistic for the future? And do you feel like the peace process is enough to keep Belfast to continue growing with these people in place, this next generation? What I mean, with all of these pieces of a puzzle coming together, what makes you most optimistic about the future of Belfast? Well, I think I think the two things are the young people, but also the new communities who have arrived, um, and. Before the ceasefires of the 90s, before the Good Friday Agreement, we didn't have really uh, any other, what, what they refer to as ethnic minorities or the new Irish or, or newcomers. But now we have a really vibrant Filipino community, a vibrant community from Kerala and in India who are Catholics um, who have made their home in, 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 in Belfast. We, of course, have the European communities from Lithuania, from Poland. Uh, but then we have a strong African community now as well. We are still the most white part of the island of Ireland. So we haven't really enjoyed the pace of change that, that Portlaoise or Dublin or Cork or Galway or Balnasloe have enjoyed. But that change has been very good because we need a rainbow uh, society. We need everybody involved, not just the, the orange and green of the past. So those two things give me enormous hope. The young people with their thirst for change, but also these new communities. And, and our job as those who are in civic leadership or who want to make a difference is to ensure that, not, that, that, that this isn't a passive process. You don't sit back on a peace process and say, that's done. Uh, it will happen of its own accord. It's actually just like business. You have to get engaged. You have to push. You have to pull. Uh, you have to make change happen. And um, we're really lucky in, in, in Belfast and in the north of Ireland. We're really lucky that there are so many people that in different ways want to contribute to building a stronger and better society. Which is a good transition <laughs> then into the business aspect of Belfast and Northern Ireland because we have a peace process, uh, but there is still division within Belfast between Catholics and Protestants, but you have new communities coming in. What's your message for people looking to invest in Belfast? I know on, on when I was there in October, the story was very bright about real estate opportunity and business opportunity and, and uh, entrepreneurs, and we saw all of these great presentations. What's the message for investors on what to look for in, in Belfast? Well, I think that um, there's enormous talent in Belfast. And, and globally, when companies are looking to invest, of course, there are 
a hundred issues. There's location, there's the availability of office space, there's the taxation regime. But ultimately, if there's no talent, you won't prosper. And I do think we have an enormous pool of talent, much of it leaving at the minute to go to Canada, to Australia, to Scotland, to England. Um, and they want to stay and they want to make a better living at home. So I think uh, that's uh, the first thing in terms of, of, of the ability of Belfast uh, to create. And one of the reasons we are attracting so many uh, U.S. companies, because all state of Chicago is there, Liberty of Boston is there, uh, Concentrics of California is there, uh, Tyco was, was there as well. Uh, and then we have lots of smaller companies like Tysis of, of, of also of Boston. We had the New York Stock Exchange and we have the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, which is a sort of a peace process of its own. And, and those companies came to Belfast because they saw the opportunity. And in my view, the next five years are pregnant with possibility. There's going to be as much opportunity in the next five years as there was in the five years following the Good Friday Agreement, when really people were very optimistic. Uh, they were building for the future. They were telling it to sell it, to tell it to sell it. They were saying to people, come in and, uh, and, and, and be partners with us. And we, I think, uh, lost our way a little bit. Our government collapsed for all sorts of understandable, justifiable reasons. But it was almost impossible to say to someone in, in Cleveland or California, come and uh, put, 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 put out your shingle here, uh, invest here when we weren't able to have a government which could partner you. But now I am very pleased that, um, I'm sure it's only a coincidence, but I left political life on the 7th of January and they formed a government on the 9th of January. But it's a wonderful uh, 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 happening because now you have this this joined up uh, partnership which you need. So for business to prosper, especially large international business, it needs an active, engaged, supportive uh, government apparatus. And I, and I think we have that now. So, you know, Brexit is uh, in many ways a calamity, but Michel Barnier, that wonderful lead negotiator for the EU, the European Union, he said, I am offering uh, Northern Ireland something which no one else in all of Europe has. That is, be part of the EU in economic terms, but have frictionless trade with Britain. And he has created, if we can seize the opportunity, and despite our, our great heartbreak at being expelled against our will from the European Union, Despite that, he has created a uh, an opportunity for us, in my view, to really have the best of both worlds if we play it right over the next five years. So, time of, of awesome opportunity. Five years uh, and Brexit, very complicated. Uh, how much does, so if Northern Ireland plays it right, Northern Ireland's in a fantastic position. Is Northern Ireland capable of playing their cards Without getting into the details of Brexit, how much of it is actually dictated by Northern Ireland? If I'm a business owner looking to move over my operation, uh, how do I see the opportunity for myself or do I see some uncertainty that makes me want to maybe wait five to ten years? Well, no, no man is an island unto itself and it requires the Irish government, it requires the European Union and, and, and the, 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 the European leadership. Uh, it requires the American government, it requires the British government. Everyone needs to agree that they want to seize this opportunity and they want the, the North to continue to prosper and do well. Uh, but I think those ducks are in a row. Uh, there's risk in this. Yes, there is. But, you know, the first mover will get the advantage. Uh, and that's what we saw when Allstate was the first company in 
after the Good Friday Agreement and have prospered. They have 2,500 people now, uh, some of the, 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 the most sophisticated uh, software engineering in the entire all-state uh, global operation is taking place in Belfast. So, of course, there's risk in it, but I think there's also a, a reward. And you have to remember that even in terms of tourism and tourism investment, uh, the North is only half the... Uh, GDP of tourism, which the Republic of Ireland has, so there's there's a huge area for growth, and it's as half the tourism in terms of GDP that Scotland has. So there is huge opportunity, but you know it's going to be there for those who seize it first, and 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 I think some people realise that. And the other this week, I'll be meeting with our our dear friends and the controller's office in New York State who already invested thirty million dollars in uh, in the North and Greater Belfast off. Pension funds belonging to uh, New York, New York State workers, uh, and I think they're ready to do more because they they see that now uh, things are, are are better aligned than ever before. So you've got investors ready to go. You're already using them. Uh, what if you have a particular area? I know technology is big for Belfast. There are a few specific industries that are big for Belfast. If you were talking to investors, or if you're talking to New York State or pension funds or anybody. Where are you looking for investment today in Belfast, and where do you see the biggest opportunity? Well, as it happens, I'm also here raising some money for my own business, which is a a media business, traditional media business, newspapers, which are trying to move now more towards uh, new media, social media, with a a pay uh, for view. Uh, website with more activity with our advertisers around social media uh, and that's happening so on a small scale I suppose I represent what's happening on a much larger scale where are the opportunities well Belfast is the second youngest city in Europe what is the youngest city Dublin Uh, and those young people uh, have a high standard of education and also are thirsty and hungry to do better the opportunities are in Office space. There isn't enough grade A office space for the for the companies coming in. The office, the opportunities are obviously in tourism because tourism uh, has enjoyed a revival and renaissance. But there's more to go. Two million uh, North Americans visited. That's that's Canada as well. But two million Americans, I suppose, visited Ireland as tourists last year. That figure will continue to grow, and more and more are are checking out Belfast. So tourism as well, uh, software engineering. Uh, without a doubt, and of course, movie making because the second biggest, or the, the the biggest studios on the island of Ireland now are in Belfast. The Game of Thrones was made there. The new Superman prequel was made there, and they're just uh, investing in another forty-five thousand square feet of studio space. So the, those opportunities, I think, exist in, in capital investment, in new business, and really leveraging the talent we have. Um, and I and I do hope when people come, they they look to Derry as well because the new government. Uh, has made a, a an unparalleled commitment to invest as well, to improve infrastructure, to double the size of the university in the great city of Derry. Um, so now is the opportunity for people to come in and, and partner partner those. But let's take it down a notch. The opportunity for those who have done well in business in America to invest in the, in the SMEs, which are 95% of our businesses uh, in the north of Ireland, probably across the island. There's that opportunity as well. And that's one of the things that, I've been trying to do here through the New York, New Belfast conference to say to people who are a, a smaller scale, why not partner with a company in Belfast? Why not be in a, with an SME in Belfast? Uh, why not find a way to give back to Ireland, uh, make a profit, 
and 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 enjoy that business experience, as it were. And we've we've had some success in that. So you're seeing a lot of opportunity, especially in the younger set. Are the kids staying in Belfast? So you're talking about tourism coming in. You're talking about the opportunity. Are the opportunities in these kids who are thirsty for business and thirsty for entrepreneurship and thirsty for opportunity, are they staying in Belfast or do you see them moving out to other areas? Do you see them as the future of staying in Belfast? Because it sounds like it's a a small city with uh, punching well above its weight. Well, there's no doubt that there's no small city of its size in America which has the American blue chip companies that Belfast has. Um, I'm always cautious about saying to young people you need you need to stay because you know it's a big world out there. It's full of opportunity. You need to travel to get experience, you know, see other cultures. But we can do it two ways. Not only will we have some of the young people stay even after they travel, but don't forget the the key to the success of all modern cities, certainly Western cities, is is immigration, is diversity. And we need to ensure that we are a magnet for talent as well. That that other great neighbor of your, yours here, Toronto, uh, is, is voted regularly by The Economist as the greatest city on earth. Um, and Toronto, in the city of Toronto, 51% of the people were not born in Canada not just not born in Toronto, we're not born in Canada. So Belfast also needs to bring young young people in, not only try and hold on to all the people we have, because, you know, young people got to travel. Which is, I guess, a, a shining beacon, an example on the benefits of diversity. Belfast is just showing it and living it. Well, yeah, yes, and, and, and also, you know, one of the great things about the entire island of Ireland is that populism uh, as as described as a as a, a right-wing phenomenon which you see po- Poland Hungary the threat of it now in Germany as well Spain uh, populism has not taken hold in Ireland the election which was just held uh, earlier this month um, the so-called populist parties the parties who actually had as their slogan we want to take our country back God 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 help us all uh, they receive less than one percent of the vote so we are lucky in that we have found a way perhaps uniquely in Europe, um, to accommodate and to welcome those who are doing what the Irish did in this country, uh, that they're, they really just want to wanna better themselves. They want to go somewhere where they can have security and have a, have a job and have an ability to raise their family. So th- those are some of, I think, some of the pluses that we can be very proud of in Belfast. Is that an Irish capability, you think? Well, it needs to be more of a, an Irish capability. I mean, I think that if if, if you believe, as I do, that, that justice needs to rule like a river, um, that uh, the really important thing in life, is, as Martin Luther King said, is the big question is, what are you doing for others? If, if that's what uh, gets you up in the morning, then it, 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 we have to make it a, a trait of being Irish that you uh, are, are generous and welcome. That said, um, I work very closely with the Islamic community of Belfast and I have never met a community more generous, more welcoming, more bestowing of gifts, more refusing to be paid for anything. So we have a lot to learn, I think, from, from all cultures, but, but the Irish are renowned for their hospitality and let's make sure that there is this 100,000 welcomes, this Cadmila Falcia at every turn, especially for those who, who have come through hell and fire uh, from the Middle East in particular. Uh, to make it to our shores uh, and, and, and who want nothing more than to have the same opportunity that the Irish had to fight for in this country. 
which is very well said. And you've been doing, you know, the help for others for a very long time with your time in politics, with your time in business. I've met you in New York a number of times putting on your your Belfast events and creating partnerships across across the ocean and New York, New Belfast and and all of the you seem to be everywhere. What can people listening to this do for you? If you were able to be selfish, what can listeners do that would be beneficial to you and the new Belfast that you envision? Well, you know, I think um, I had a great um, had a great opportunity once to serve as the the Lord Mayor of Belfast for a year. People said it was a clerical error, but I enjoyed it enormously. And I and I had a Buddhist chaplain. I had ten chaplains. The Baha'is and the Muslims and the Rabbi of Belfast, and so on. But I had a Buddhist chaplain from from uh, San Francisco, Paul Haller, who's the, who is the abbot of the San Francisco Zen Monastery. And actually, when I when I uh, said to Paul, um, "Will you be my chaplain, my Buddhist chaplain?" He said, "Okay, okay." I think I'm six thousand miles away, but if you think I can do this, and I said, "Just be very important to me." And he said, "Okay, I'm going to do it because he said I do have great experience of working with hopeless cases." <laughs> uh, and and when I got to know him better, he's a Belfast man, of course. When I got to know him better, he uh, really his big lesson was added out the negativity and do your best. So I don't think it's a an issue of you know telling people what they have to do for, for, for Belfast. If the people who, who in your great network, the people you're working with, people who are struggling every day to build their business to do well, um, my only exhortation for what it's worth, and, and I'm no expert in anything, is uh, do your best for others too. Uh, it is enormously rewarding. You have to put food on the table, so make sure you run your business well. Uh, no one will uh, feel any sympathy for you if your business uh, uh, collapses because you've been focusing on other things but find a way find a way uh, to also help others and uh, uh, believe in this this great saying that we all live in each other's shelter and and I have been bowled over in America by the generosity of Irish America uh, no matter where I've gone I've gone right across this great country uh, once I uh, say where I'm from doors are opened opportunities are, are proffered, offered and accepted. Uh, so I've learned a lot from the generosity of Irish American and their willingness their willingness to to go the extra mile for people from 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 the land of, of their their forebears. Um, so as people do better uh, in their own businesses, uh, my message is don't, don't worry too much about me. See what you can do to to reach out to others and to make sure that that justice does roll like a river. Let me ask you a question. How many sayings can you just pop off as you're talking? Because I counted about 14 in this like 20 minute interview. Well, you know, I, I, I really, um, I think a good cliche is much underestimated. Um, it's very impressive. Um, well, I don't know if it's very impressive or not, but but what a, what I'm what what a, you know, the 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 when you've been around for a while. Um. You get when you've been around a few corners. Um, I think you get to a stage where you uh, you can see through bluff. Uh, you can see what's really important. Um, you you do believe that that every day is a new start. Uh, you understand the importance of friendship, um, but you understand also the big impact that a successful business can make, a small business can make. And I've always believed this. I've always been a big admirer 
of the Inc. magazine, the Black Enterprise magazine. That's what took me down a different path from many of my other colleagues that have I've always believed that a, a small business can do more to transform a neighborhood than 100 government programs. Um, and so I, so I followed that uh, I followed that route in, in making a difference. And along the way, I must have learned a few, a few cliches. That's good. It's very good. We're not against it. No, never against it. We, uh, we always wrap a guest with a book recommendation. Do you have a book recommendation for the listeners? Well, well, you know, I always view Irish America uh, as part of just an Irish family. We're from an island of 6.9 million people, but from a family of 70 million from Argentina to Australia. Uh, but the greatest subset or the greatest section of cousins in that is, is, is Irish America because without Irish America, there'd be no peace process. And I spoke about that as this great gift that we received. Uh, Irish America has is now uh, the great supporter of our greatest dancers, our greatest musicians, our, all our great writers and artists have found sanctuary here in your, your universities in the executive suite, many decisions have been made in recent years which have benefited Ireland, made in Irish America. Uh, so for me, no one has done more uh, for uh, Ireland than Irish America. But all through your great writers are great Irish writers. And uh, John Gregory Dunn, who wrote Harp. Um, but the greatest Irish writer of them all is Pete Hamill. And Pete Hamill, of course, a great, great New Yorker. Both parents came from Belfast. His father lost a leg playing soccer in Belfast. Tough upbringing in Brooklyn. And he wrote a book called The Drinking Life. And The Drinking Life is as great a memoir uh, as I've ever read but it is certainly the number one Irish-American memoir. If you want to understand the wonder of New York, the excitement of New York, the magic of New York, the absolute uh, catastrophe, which drink can be as well, um, but also just as a growing-up memoir, read Pete Hamill's uh, Drinking Life and you get an insight into Irish-America and New York. And, of course, you just get to enjoy the, 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 the wizard, wizardry of a really great writer. So Pete Hamill, A Drinking Life. Perfect. And how can people uh, get in touch, learn more about you and what you're working on? Well, I have a, have a, a, a vanity project website called newbelfast.com because everything I'm involved with is around this uh, New Belfast concept, newbelfast.com, and all my contact details are there. But I publish in New York the Irish Echo. I'm really privileged to be the custodian of the Irish Echo, which has been around since 1928, uh, and it's at irishecho.com. And in Belfast, we have three community newspapers under the belfastmediagroup.com uh, domain. So always happy to be contacted and, and even happier to be able to meet up and see people and, and, and do some good work together. That's fantastic. And he's always looking for someone to run with as well. Marcin is always uh, he's running the Boston Marathon. We're going to follow you on and track you to track your time. Well, we, did, we didn't talk about how the hell we keep ourselves together um, under all the stresses and strains and madness of modern life. But running for me is, uh, is, is my religion. And um, I'm very lucky uh, to have stayed relatively healthy and be able to run and I, I believe I'm going to enjoy you and slow you down um, soon and we're going to go for a long run here but you know run for someone for 30 minutes and you will know not only the story of their life but you'll be able to say just how they're going to do for the rest of their life as well and that's yeah we we did a nice <laughs> we did a nice eight mile run or nine mile run in uh in Belfast which was lovely and he did not tell me that he goes for a sprint at the very end of it. So I lost <laughs> I lost the run. But 
Um, I look forward to running with you again. I look forward to seeing all of the great things you're doing in Belfast come to fruition. The next five years, I agree with you, are going to be a very exciting time just from where I'm sitting and from what I've had the opportunity to see uh, thanks to the events that you've put on and that I've, I've been to Belfast and, and seen some of the things in, in New York. Uh, this is a very exciting time, and that's uh, uh, ripe with opportunity, and uh, I think that's fantastic. Well, 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 thank you for coming to Belfast each fall we organized the belfast international homecoming we've been so lucky to have so many of our friends from around the world from the irish diaspora to come in but thank you jim for allowing me to take part in your in your podcast and to to, to reach a an audience of uh engaged people um and and good luck with everything you're doing in your businesses and all those you work with Thank you very much. And more will be on bellwetherhub.com. I'll put all the links to uh, Marcin's information and his websites and all of the events coming up. Uh, and I will put ways for you to get in touch with him so you can fund all of his good ventures. And it will be very productive. And with that, uh, we have a few more great guests coming up this month, all from the lovely island of Ireland. Uh, and these will all be great storytellers. Uh, I don't know if they'll have as many cliches as Marcin, but they will definitely have great advice to give. So with that, thank you for listening as always, and I will be sure to see you out there. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. Now do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellwetherhub.com where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon. 